Hello, book lovers, and welcome to Rather Be Reading. You're Alyssa. And you're Persephone. Join us as we talk about our most recent reads and all things bookish. Here is the next chapter. Okay, hello. Hello. Good morning. Well, yeah, no. Well, good night for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Night shift. I still get so confused um, with night shift. I'll be giving report to the oncoming nurse in the morning and I'll be like, I'll be like, last night. Well, actually not last night, the night before. And like, I just, I'm just so, I'm like, okay, wait, but last night was actually like last night for you. You, you slept. I did not. So it doesn't feel like last night. And I'm, I, clarification is so hard. I'm like, well, okay. I bet, honestly. That sounds so, like, disorienting. It really is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Liz and I are virtual Mm -hmm. this week because if if you're not in the Pacific Northwest, we are having our annual snow panic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Portland's so bad with... Oh snow God. and fair enough awesome. like as someone who comes from somewhere with snow portland mm-hmm. in the snow is a shit show like it's bad it gets gnarly they don't maintain mm-hmm. the roads so it's just like you can't get anywhere so yeah that's the thing though like and you're so right like it is an annual snow panic because we never learn <laughs> I know. Every year we're like, oh my God, it's a crisis. Nobody ever figures it out. So then the next year it's like we rinse and repeat. And it's the same thing where everything shuts down at the slightest little dusting of snow. And like, it's like 22-ish, 20-ish degrees. It's been in the teens. So it's like, it is cold. But also like we are princesses compared to like – what you were saying about Montana. Tell, well, but the thing is, is Montana... Okay, so it's like negative 36 degrees in Montana, and mm-hmm. um, Rusty and I are going back. We're flying back today, so I'm, like, really not looking forward to the temperature. But, okay, yeah. I'm going to be fair to Portland. Like, the infrastructure here is not set up for it. Like, there are... Yeah. Looking at, like, PGE, like, electric... Oh, my God, I can't talk. Electricity is out in, like, 146,000 people's... Like, uh, that people are out of power right now. So it's, like, that doesn't happen in Montana. Like, very, very – like, yeah. I – and actually never in Montana during the winter do I remember power going out. Like, it's – we're just preparing really? for it. Yeah. Like it doesn't happen. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So, to be fair to Portland, like, the infrastructure is just not there for it. It's wild because it's, like, how much – how much, like, redo work would we have to do? Yeah, and I don't know. That- you know what I I don't know. It's always so funny. And then the bridges here. Oof, they get so hairy. I think yes. part of it, honestly, is the ice that we get here because it gets cold and yeah. we're not prepped for cold and we're very moist here. There are so many trees down around here. And I think the mm-hmm. trees in Montana are just hardier because they deal with this for eight months of the year, you know? So I think it's the – I wonder if it's the fallen trees that make most of the power go out. Like, honestly, I don't know. Honestly, probably, though. That makes a lot of sense because – yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. I saw a picture, and again, I guess for non-Pacific Northwesters, this is going to be <laughs> stupid, but <laughs> I saw that fallen tree on Belmont. Yeah. 
Oh man, that's that a big tree. Massive tree. Yeah, yeah. totally collapsed across the road and it looks like it didn't take out any houses or anything from what I saw yeah but it was a massive tree completely blocking the and that's a busy area yeah it's a busy street so yeah I think you're so right like it's it is that like special sauce of Mm -hmm. not having good infrastructure our trees not being like (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a whole mishmash, totally. And climate change, always. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, but, long story long, we're virtual. <laughs> long story long, we yep. virtual. <laughs> so, how are you? <laughs> good, good. I'm excited to hear your updates. I asked Persephone about her reading journal and she wouldn't tell me because she wanted to tell us here in this space. So it's honestly a very minor update, but it was like right. a pain in the ass for me. Um, so at the start, well, I guess at the end of last year, not even the start of this year, but I got my reading journal already. Um, uh-huh. Like I did all my art, got all of my like spreads ready that I wanted to do for the yeah. year. Um, uh-huh. Whole shebang. And then yeah, yeah. I've been watching a lot of YouTube video, like uh, booktubers, which uh-huh. is another uh-huh. one of my updates. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get there next. But okay, one of the, I've been seeing a lot of booktubers using Archer and Olive notebooks do you know archer and olive no they make paper goods so like journals and calendars Uh, and they have like some pens and stuff like that but i their journals are so pretty they're pretty Mm -hmm. basic pretty simple but it's just really pretty and it's got like a hardcover and the ones i've been using are the leuchtturm ones and i've been using the soft cover ones and so Uh i like Impulse bought an Archer and Olive journal that's super cute. Yeah. It has a little like golden cat on the cover, <gasps> and cute. it's super cute. And so I'm like, okay. So I'm like, <laughs> I spent all this time getting this ready, and I'm like, honestly, do I cut and paste? Like, do I just cut out my pages and paste them? I think yes, I'm going to for all of the pages that I like because there's a lot of my pages that I like. They're totally fine. There's someone here that I'm like, ooh, that doesn't look very good. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I misspelled demographics. I don't know if you can see oh, it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, you know, that page I could probably redo. <laughs> totally. Totally. When does your Archer and Olive one get here? I don't know, which I'm also annoyed because I'm like, okay, do I keep writing my reviews for my books and this how long do I let this go? I, I should look at the sh- You know what would solve this is if I looked at the shipping <laughs> <laughs> updates. But I love I love that that's like not been a concern until now. You know, like I feel like when I order something online, I'm such a privileged piece of shit. I'm like, I want it yesterday. Like I feel like when I order something online, I'm like, yes, this should be on my doorstep. <laughs> it's Amazon disgusting. spoiled us. Now when anything I comes know. not Amazon and I'm like, seven days shipping? What is this, the dark <laughs> ages? <laughs> I know for sure. I feel bullshit. About it. <laughs> I need to like do some like gut checks and like <laughs> value checks internally. But yeah, I ordered a package like two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I'm like, 
<coughs> where is it? <laughs> I know. Well, two weeks. Okay, two weeks is a long time. Yeah, but it's also shipping from the UK. So. Okay. <laughs> so like, All right, Liz, calm down over there. <laughs> I, I I'm like, Lissa, get over it. Get over yourself. Get over it. Just knock that shit off. Yep. But I'm excited for you. I think it's nice to have like a little cut and paste situation too, because it's kind of like scrapbooky, collagey, right. and it's like a second chance. Yeah, exactly. And then I. I was actually looking at your old journal. I've been just getting Aww. a whole bunch of journal and so, so I was looking at your journal that you started last year and I want to do more see? kind of like cut and paste scrapbooking. Cause I saw that you did like a lot of that and it's so fucking cute. So I'm like, Aww, okay, thanks. but now I'm on the lookout for like magazines and like every time we get any yeah. like spam shit in the mail, I'm like, is there anything cute in here that I could cut out and save for like scrapbooking Aww. later? And it's not, it's always just, yes. ads, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh my god i i feel the same way because like i've been doing a lot of well you know what honestly okay sidebar so sorry but you next time you come over you should take some of like the kids books i have and oh, like fuck yeah 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 even it sounds awful <laughs> to have like a book lover podcast and i'm like cut that shit up cut but um yeah they i've loved love love them for collaging and stuff it's been so fun um but yeah, I love that. And I it's hard because like the other day I was even looking for some magazines at the store that I could cut up and collage. Mm-hmm. And literally, dude, magazines are so fucking expensive. Yes. I literally bought one not realizing. Okay, so I bought two. I bought one because I was like, this would be perfect. It's like a Barbie one. So I was like, oh, there's so much deep diving I can do and collage mm-hmm. about beauty standards and, mm-hmm. and hating ourselves. <laughs> so <laughs> good. Beautiful, wholesome, wholesome activity. And so I got one and then the cashier lady was like, oh, there's like another one that's about the entire history of Barbie. Like that one would be really cool. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll get both. Dude. They were each fourteen dollars. Yeah, fourteen dollars for yeah. a magazine. Right, I, I am know. not okay. <laughs> I know it's crazy. What is this? It's crazy. I, and they I, wonder why magazine, like no one buys magazines anymore. Like, yes, yes. I can Google all the drama that's in a magazine. You know, totally, totally, <laughs> and be inundated with an onslaught of juicy goss, like. Mm-hmm. It's yes, a hundred percent. I know there are some magazines where I'm like, oh, this would be so good for my well-being because it's like the Breathe magazine and like Flow and like all these creative but like nice holistic wellness magazines that I'm like, oh, beautiful. They're like twenty dollars. Like, yeah, it's like it holistic for my pocketbook. Jesus, I know. Yeah, but. Yeah, that's so exciting though. I'm ex- are you a big like collager drawer doodler? Like I No, I I don't really collage at all. So I'm but I'm feeling very inspired. So I'm looking mm. forward to branching into something new. Um yeah. and I do like like doodling. Doodling's been mm-hmm. fun for me in the past, so I'm hoping to incorporate Spread. some of that more. Basically just get a little bit more artistic with my journal, uh-huh. but I want to make sure that I don't make it 
work because if I'm like, oh, for each book yes. that I read and review, I need to do a drawing, then it's become work and I'm going to be skipping things yes. and then it's like not going to be fun anymore. And my yes. journal's always been like pretty simplistic because of mm-hmm. that. So I want to make sure that I'm not, that I'm allowing myself to do that or uh-huh. to, if I'm feeling inspired to do more, I don't want to make it like a requirement. So I'm excited to dabble. I'm going to dabble. I love- I love that. I, lo- I love yeah. that, like, you're giving yourself permission to do both, just depending mm-hmm. on how you're feeling. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's like, so beautiful. Yeah. Inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah. that kind of leads into one of my other updates. I have been binging BookTube lately. Um, oh. Specifically, one BookTuber that <laughs> actually Sarah from Oswego Girl that we both, both Liz and I used to work oh. with. She mm-hmm. mentioned it to me because she texted me and saying that she was going to do a um, readathon. And I was like, oh, what's the readathon? And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's a readathon that Book Roast, uh, the, the booktuber is called Book Roast, uh, that yeah. Book Roast does. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, like I'll check it out. And I went and watched the video for the readathon she's doing. And holy shit, this girl is creative as fuck. So she oh. does this like, this started years ago that she started doing this. Um, she created like her own full-on fantasy world um, and incorporates like ro- creative role-playing into her readathon. So what? how she does it is she created this whole guide where you like create a character Mm-hmm. Initially, like when you first, if you kind of went along with her as time goes on, like you would read to create your character. Like, I don't know exactly how she did it. If it was like, okay, if you read this type of book, then you choose this path. I don't know exactly how she did it, but Mm -hmm. basically you read along to certain challenges to create your character, go down certain paths in her unique world like develop certain skills and it's so freaking creative it's the coolest thing I've ever seen so I'm super excited to like I want to I want to do it with her because she's like two different challenges she has one in the spring and one in the fall that are Mm readathons so I'm super excited if you haven't checked it like highly recommend even just just watching the video to see her creativity um yes. and all of her videos are good too they're not all based on that so she's the one who I was watching the book journaling on as well so she's just great oh. I highly recommend her specifically or not even specifically especially if you like like mm-hmm. fantasy she mainly does sci-fi and fantasy stuff so super cool oh. for me highly recommend Dang. So that's, that's amazing it's, it's really really cool like Oh. So creative. So cool. I don't know how she has the time or energy for it, honestly, but it's really cool. Yeah. That's I wrote down her name, Book Roast. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do a little bookish binge. That's incredible. Yeah. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Ugh. But Books those are my so two. I know, it's insane. I'm like, yeah. can I be you? I wanna be her. <laughs> she's Yeah. She's I don't know where she's from, but she's foreign. I I she lit and she She's foreign and she's also living abroad somewhere. So she's mm. just all around cool and I want to be here. Anyway, Ugh. those are my two updates. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all I got. So. Those are beautiful. What that about is- you? What updates do you have? <gasps> 
Okay, I have a few. One non-bookish. I got a tattoo. Oh, oh, let me see. Yeah. Okay, it's on okay. my arm. I don't know where it is, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like on a boob or something. Yeah. Um, look at it. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. So cute. Okay, describe it for our listeners. Okay, so it's a little bear with a crown sitting at a dinner table eating with a bunny. And they're just like chatting and enjoying each other's company. And it's so precious. It's a super um, cute, like cartoony style too. It's really cute. Yeah, it's it definitely reminds me of like storybook, like child storybook. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I'm really excited because I had followed the artist for a long, long time, like years. And I was finally able, because like he'll open his books on a monthly basis um, at a certain time, which is kind of nice because you know like when it'll open. But um, every time I miss it because like it, it, they fill up in like minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I finally was able to get in and I'm so excited. And uh, I have been kind of like messaging with him a little bit to have a like more put on mm. so that like, I think I'm going to have like a little bit of a sticker pack style sleeve by him. Yeah. So it's been super fun. He's just a delightful human being. He's so kind and so talented and just like, again, love people's creativity. So Mm -hmm. inspiring. So So was the piece, was the piece that you got, was that something that he had already designed or was that something that you asked for? Yeah. So he does, he only does flash. Um, but I think that he does kind of like a little bit of a mixture. Like if there's something that you want to have a little bit tailored, like I think he's happy to, to do that. But for the most part, it's like you pick day of, like you go in and he has a book. It's so fun. And you like flip through and you decide like what you want and you just like do it to it. Um, Yeah, so it was, it's not really something I had done before. I haven't picked like day of, but I am so excited about it. And I'm excited because when I get kind of more filled in, I think it's going to be all the little things that like my little bear and little bunny are like chatting about. So it's going to be like a little I'm excited. Thanks. I love that. Thanks. I love the concept too because I feel like that takes away – because I feel like a lot of people don't get tattoos because they're like, it has to be so meaningful. And I I think that's such Mm -hmm. bullshit. Like I Mm -hmm. hate when people – like, what does your tattoo mean? I'm like, nothing. I just like it. Right. Why does it have to mean anything? Why can't it just be? It's just my fun art art on my body. Okay? That's all Totally. I like it. Totally. I like it. No, I feel the same exact way. Like, and I was telling Kyle this too. Um, Cause my mom asked me, she's like, Oh, what does it mean? And, it like, and I was like, I just liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like I was telling Kyle, you know, if I am in my seventies or eighties or whatever the fuck, I'm like super fucking old and I'm regretting my tattoos. Like if that is my concern at that age, then I will genuinely feel like I have failed myself. Right. <laughs> if that's what I care about at that age. Yeah. 
honestly. So I, I, yeah, I'm like, it's fine. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. Oh yeah. So absolutely, I love it. Yeah, but yeah, so oh, so cute. I love it. I love his style. I'll have to like send you his profile. Please do. Just, like, so cute. Um. Okay, and then really, really fast, I'll go through my um my bookish updates. Mm-hmm. So I finished Where the Drowned Girls Go by Shawn McGuire. Thoughts? Oh, so good. So good. So good. You know, Shawnee McGuire is like just so talented. She was just in Portland a while ago, but I didn't go because I had a cold and I didn't oh, want to, like, you know, but I just, uh, I'm, I just am so in awe with her. Like I've been so inspired by her and just the way that she like builds characters and like really maintains that like childlike wonder but also like packs in so many deep things that like children into adulthood like wrestle with so I just this is just another glittering example of that she's just brilliant I love her um and then I finished Thorn Hedge by T. Kingfisher oh yeah I wanted to know your thoughts yeah it was pretty good I think I gave it like a four out of five um, yeah. So I liked it. I thought it was really good. It also had a lot of really like punchy stuff and some cool kind of like atmospheric stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked that. Um, I think that I did myself a disservice by having read it really close to when I finished Malice because they're both mm-hmm. kind of like Sleeping Beauty retellings in a way. Gotcha. So I think I did myself uh, – I didn't do myself any favors there because I was kind of comparing them. And yeah. even though they're really different and Thornhedge is like a novella and Malice is like so – like a full novel. I don't know. Yeah. I think that it kind of clouded my perception a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy it. I did really enjoy it. Um, I've heard people didn't – like that's not people's – favorite i haven't heard yeah i'm super curious about it Mm -hmm. um but i haven't heard like a ton of super good reviews on it i don't think so i don't think you're in the minority there yeah i found myself comparing it both to malice which is not fair because it's a different author entirely, but to Malice and to Wizard's Guide uh, Mm -hmm. to Defensive Mm -hmm. Making, which Mm -hmm. was so good and creative. And this one, I, I think there were a lot of parts about the main character, Toadling, that I really loved, but I feel like it didn't quite get to the very, very, like, heart of the issue. Like, I think I think at the end of the day, it boils down to her needing to, like, forgive herself and her needing to be less hard on herself. And, like, you know, but I, I think I had a hard time reckoning with, like, what does this mean? Because there's, like, discussions of beauty and, like, what it means to be beautiful. But there's also discussions of, like, relationship and connectedness and what it means to, you know, have relationships and feel connected and feel like you belong somewhere. There's, like, a little bit of found family stuff, but also, like, this – yeah. So 
it was kind of a lot and I didn't for a novella especially right. I didn't really know like I was kind of like oh, I wish I knew what lane we were in so I could like be there right but, it's a little too much for for yeah the short span of it that makes sense that makes sense yeah so it was all right it was all right but I, I did enjoy it I just think it wasn't it could have been more I wish it was more yeah, 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 fair. Yeah. Um, and then I ordered the, okay, I ordered the UK signed copy of Bookshops Ooh. and Bone Dust. Oh! <laughs> so exciting. Signed copy. Nice. Oh, my God. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Even yes. though part of me was like, this is embarrassing because, like, I think Travis Baldry lives in Seattle. So- oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> So I ordered like, from the UK a signed copy when he's like <laughs> he's like sweet neighbors with us, right? But, right. Um, and then because of you, actually, you mentioned this a couple times ago. I think I was at Powell's on Hawthorne the other day, and I bought Butcher and Blackbird. <gasps> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, because you were telling me about it, and I was like, yes. I want to know. Yes. Uh, so I'm excited, and the cover is so – it's cute. It's like, so cute. Dark, but it's so cute. Yeah. It's so cute for such, like, a dark romance, I think. So I'm, like, super – I'm super. I'm when you read it, I just want to know everything. You'll have to tell me everything. <laughs> I'm so excited. Do you plan on reading it this year? It's not currently on my TBR, um, mm-hmm. but who knows? It may be. Yeah. It may, it may slide right in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that once they read it, like it stays on their mind for like a long time. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, hey, that's a, that's a good review. You think it's like good in a good way? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm really excited. Nice. Um, and then last two, two things really fast. Um, I learned that the author of one of the books I read and like loved is the same author who wrote, uh, did you ever read or see the movie The Fifth Wave? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Rick um, Yancey? Yeah. Yes. I didn't even realize that he wrote this book I love called The Monstromologist. Oh, really? I don't think I've heard of that one. But The Fifth Wave is really popular. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I asked Dryden about it. And I asked Kyle about it. And with both of them, I'm like, you'll never believe this. And they're like, I don't know what The Fifth Wave is. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. I know. I was like, I was going for maximum impact here. Mm -hmm. But um, The Monstromologist is like, I think it's like a middle grade YA, but it, it's pretty gruesome. I, I don't mm. know, but it's really, really good. It's And I've only read the first book. I think there are four, but um, it's about this guy who is, I think he's in a coma. It's been a minute. I think he's in a coma or he's really old and has just passed away. Um, but there's like a detective or a journalist or someone going to like learn more about his life. And I think he was like requested to, to go to like the, the home of this old man. Anyways, he finds journals from this old man that were his when he was a kid. Mm. Um, he was an 
adopted because he was orphaned because his parents had passed away in a fire. But mm. so he was adopted by a monstermologist and was kind of acting as like the apprentice to the monstermologist. So Cute. there are like a lot of really like there's this really creepy, gross monster and he's like terrorizing the village as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's like it was a really good book. I loved it. Um, but yeah, Rick Yancey. I had no idea. No, so, I, had, I didn't know he wrote anything other than The Fifth Wave. So that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Fun connection. And then, yeah. Super fun. Super, super fun. And then the last, 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 last thing. <laughs> I've been working on my book journals. <gasps> Yay! Uh, so I I decided to go a more structured Cute. route. Yeah. And so I I did a little bit of like collage. Like oh, there's like love. a little tiny yes. bit. Thanks. But I actually, we kind of swapped. I decided to go for kind of the more like straightforward, like simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's still very cute though. All the colored pens and the big old print out of the book. I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just realized, like, because for me, I was like, oh, I can't do this. This is not sustainable for, yes. like, all the ones where I was like, I need to collage every page. Yes. It was just, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to be consistent, and I want to see it through. And also, I decided to do a little mini one, too. To oh, see. my God. It's so cute. Thanks. It's, like, just a tiny, tiny one. And I did little tabs for the month. Oh my god, it's precious. Thank you. So I like just printed a bunch of different like book covers that I need to like glue there. But I thought I would do a tiny one and see like if I liked one more than the other and yeah, come up with a system. Love it. Adorable. Thank you. So yes. Um okay. I think that's it. All right. Um, You're first, I think, yeah? I, yeah, I think I'm first this week. I'm okay. so excited. Me too. So this week I read <laughs> The Bone Orchard, which our oh lovely God. Alyssa got for me oh for Christmas this year, which I was oh super excited God. about because like I told you when you gave it to me, I have been looking at this at Powell's like every time uh-huh. I go, I went in, like every single yes. time. Because the cover is just so intriguingly beautiful. It's it like is. it's a bone hand with just all sorts mm-hmm. of vegetation, flowers, mushrooms, mosses <laughs> growing on the bone hand. So mm-hmm. just immediately intrigued. I, I I honestly knew nothing about the book. Not a single damn thing. Um <laughs> and I'm glad I went into it blind because I will say I think the like catchphrase and mm-hmm. the description on the back kind of do the book a disservice after reading it and then mm-hmm. reading the book. I I, say, I would say go into this blind. I wouldn't even bother reading it because I think it does it a disservice. I don't think it captures really the heart of what this book is about because Ooh. I'll just read the, the kind of catchphrase on the front. It's It says, yeah. a dark gothic whodunit unlike anyone – or sorry, unlike anything else. So mm-hmm. like – a whodunit kind of murder mystery, but it's, mm-hmm. which it is, it like at its very, very base it is, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think that anyway, we'll get into it. Okay. So the boner <sighs> by Sarah A. Mueller. This book is super complex. 
Um, so bear with me as I try and give you kind of a basic explanation of what's going on and all the different layers, because there's a lot that goes on in this book. So at its kind of base, you have these two warring countries. I don't remember the Mm -hmm. names of the countries, irrelevant, two warring countries. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the emperor of one of kind of the country where the story is taking place has Mm -hmm. kidnapped a woman from the other country. And this woman is our main character. Her name is Charm. And Mm -hmm. she is, or she was, the last kind of magical necromancer type mm. witch in in existence in her country. So, so the emperor takes her back to his home country and mm. puts her into this house called the Orchard House. And mm. this is where she lives. And she never, since she was taken a long, long time ago, she has never left this location and mm-hmm. she has made it her own kind of in defiance of the choices that were taken away from her. So mm-hmm. she, she runs it now as a brothel, a gambling den, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a high end uh, service mm-hmm. household. And more notable than that is that the backyard of this house, mm-hmm. there is an orchard. Fancy that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the orchard, if you could infer from the title, grows bones. So these trees grow oh, yeah. bones, which is mm-hmm. super interesting. And mm-hmm. Charm harvests these bones, and then she has this secret lab in the back of the um, in the back of the facility. And uh-huh. here's where you kind of have to bear with me here for a little bit. So this in this secret lab, she mm-hmm. brings forth another part of herself called the lady and Mm -hmm. the lady is super knowledgeable in she's a scientist. So she's super knowledgeable Uh in science, in growth, in like lab work. And Mm -hmm. she uses these bones to grow in these vats of a special sort of liquid called empathy liquid or empathy Mm -hmm. fluid. She grows bodies off of these bones and it's basically Mm -hmm. clones of charm. Weird. Yes. And since they're kind of lab grown, they do have slight imperfections. But Mm. into these clones, the lady puts parts of herself Mm -hmm. that she no longer wants to feel. So it's kind of like it took me a while to figure this out. It was I was kind of very confused at first, but basically Mm -hmm. the lady and charm, who are one single entity, there it's kind Mm -hmm. of like dissociative disorder or multiple personality disorder where the lady is kind of what charm was back when she lived in her own country and was her own person. She's kind of a little bit more Mm. proper, um, Mm. a little bit more like socially aware. Mm -hmm. Um, And then charm is kind of what, they have had to become coming to this new country and facing all sorts of traumas in doing so mm-hmm. and basically becoming mm-hmm. captive. So mm-hmm. they've kind of dissociated a split personality within that single body. And then furthermore, they dissociate some of their own properties into these cloned like creatures. Oh. So the, those cloned 
beings are called bone ghosts. And they are, she has five of them. She's created five of them. They're called pain, justice, shame, pride, and desire. And so those are all elements of herself that she no longer wants to feel. So she puts that into this other body. It is very cool. It took me a while to kind of grasp onto what was going on because it's it's very like nuanced. And uh-huh. so all of these creations, pain, justice, shame, pride, desire, they all have somewhat magical abilities. So like, for example, pain, she can take others' pain. And so they have they those five work in this brothel mm-hmm. with charm as the what's it called? What's kind of like the uh like a pin. Like headmistress. <laughs> headmistress of the brothel. Okay, you call her Mistress Charm, so we'll we'll accept that. Hell yes. <laughs> um so like I said, this facility is kind of for the upper class of society and uh all five of those bone ghosts are the kind of selling points and they don't it's not all Mm -hmm. sex like they do massages they do like service pain um Mm -hmm. the bone ghost named pain is reserved primarily for a certain clientele called the fire drinkers which are basically like the um peacekeepers of the society Mm -hmm. Um, except for charm charm does not offer her services in the facility. She is reserved by the emperor. And Mm -hmm. uh, so she's basically the emperor's whore. She sees him only on Tuesdays. He comes to see her, Mm -hmm. which leads us to kind of the opening of the story. So it opens up on a Tuesday and (laughs) charm is uh, kind of prepping herself, waiting for the emperor to come see her. They have Mm -hmm. a pretty good relationship. She's, she's excited to see him. She, Despite being his captive, she has mm-hmm. grown fond of him. Um, mm-hmm. But on this particular Tuesday, she receives a letter that is brought to her. And the letter is from the emperor's most recent wife. He's had a string of wives. Mm-hmm. His most recent. <laughs> and Close. the wife is summoning her to the palace. Charm is concerned but also very anxious because she, like I said, she has never left the 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 orchard. So mm-hmm. she does decide, though, that she needs to go. She's being summer- summoned by the wife of the emperor. That's not something you really say no to. So she goes and the wife greets her when she arrives and basically tells her that the emperor is dying. And that mm-hmm. he, he, didn't, he didn't request for Charm to come, but she said, like, I know you two are close. So I wanted mm-hmm. him to be able to say goodbye and for you to be able to say goodbye. So mm-hmm. she goes and she sees the emperor. He... Mm-hmm tells her that he's been poisoned because Mm. so another element of this is there's an there's a fluid called rejuve that is Mm. exactly what it sounds like it's uh, like rejuvenative it rejuvenates you yeah 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 i'm rolling with it it keeps you young it keeps you young forever basically so both the emperor and charm are many 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 years old but both look very young because they've been taking this fluid for a long time and charms mm. supply comes from the emperor. Mm. So he's been poisoned because otherwise he'd be a healthy young man. Um, 
And he tasks her with figuring out which of his sons killed him because he feels confident one of his sons has killed him to take his place as emperor. Mm. And so he says, you're the only one that I can trust. Mm -hmm. If you do that, if you figure out who killed me Mm -hmm. and keep them from being on the throne, you will be set free. Wow. So now we need to talk about another element of the story. When Ooh. so, the, basically, the reason that he trusts Charm so much is because mm-hmm. she has been implanted with what's called a mind lock. Mind locks mm-hmm. are devices that are implanted in someone's head, specifically people mm-hmm. who have certain magical abilities, and mm-hmm. they are programmed then to obey whoever the quote unquote owner or whoever's basically programmed the mind lock is programmed to, to obey all of their commands at risk Mm -hmm. of physical harm, Mm -hmm. even death. So she Mm -hmm. has a mind lock in that is controlled by the emperor Mm -hmm. as do all of the fire drinkers, which is the peacekeepers that I had mentioned. Mm -hmm. So he knows that she has to follow his command and now the the mind lock is programmed that if she completes these commands, she will then be free from the mind lock and free to do whatever she wishes. So mm-hmm. obviously she accepts. She accepts and the emperor dies. So then kind of it dives into the whole whodunit aspect. And mm-hmm. she is trying to solve this murder from within, from her position as a whore. And... Mm-hmm you know, the runner of this brothel, utilizing her bone ghosts to try and gather information from all the, the high ends mm-hmm. of society. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's basically kind of where I'm going to leave it for this story. Mm-hmm. It is extremely complex, as you kind, kind of got a taste of. I, I simplified a lot of things here. But mm-hmm. so some things that, some elements that were touched on in this that I really, really enjoyed Mm-hmm. The bone ghosts themselves and the way that they kind of represent different aspects of trauma and how one yeah. deals with trauma was really, really fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. And it also raised the question of like, what makes a real person? Like what makes a an entity? It almost kind of reminded me of like some of the AI questions that have been like asked in sci-fi for a really long time. Like when does AI become like its own, like almost alive or real, you know? And the same kind of question, these bone ghosts, these bone ghosts, they're lab grown. They look like Mm -hmm. humans. They have emotions like humans. They can like converse and respond and have their own thoughts and feelings. And Mm -hmm. so are they real? Are they not? Are they their own people? Are they just a mm-hmm. part of like a piece of charm? Are they a piece of mm-hmm. the lady? Like what, where is that line? And I thought that was mm-hmm. extremely fascinating. And they also, it also kind of deals with like a sense of self for them. Like, what, mm-hmm. like do they have a sense of self? Do they like, so basically what worth, what worth do they have? Are they just, whores mm-hmm. in a brothel it was just it was I think it was really tastefully done and really mm-hmm. um thought-provoking so I really enjoyed nice. that um and then on that same note there are whores in a brothel so 
It also mm-hmm. dealt a lot with obviously sex workers and what their value right. was. Um, right. There are fair warning. There are a lot of, this is a very dark novel that are, are, it basically touches on every trigger warning. There's abuse, there's torture, mm-hmm. there's sexual assault, there's pedophilia, there's suicidal Ugh. ideation. Um, yeah. It touches on a lot of dark topics, but I think it did it. Mm-hmm. I think it did it in such a way that it was really reflective on, on what that all means in society and what that does mm-hmm. to people and what that, what, what kind of trauma and what kind of impact that has that I thought that was really well done. And I thought it was, um, I was reading, so I went on Reddit to kind of look at what people thought of this book as I was kind Mm -hmm. of prepping. And a lot of people touched on that even for someone who has triggers, like, and has Mm -hmm. prior traumas similar to the ones Mm -hmm. that are depicted in this book, that it, it didn't re traumatize them but rather mm-hmm. made them feel kind of seen. So I think that's really oh. like a really profound like recommendation for this book. So totally. Totally. Um, this book also some, some other elements that I really liked. There is like a small romance that I thought was really sweet. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of like complex political atmosphere and like social drama, which is fun too. Cause you're like in the high totally. end of society, but in like a whorehouse. So it, yes. it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I thought the writing style in this book was also really gorgeous. I think Sarah Mueller mm-hmm. is a really good writer. And um, I honestly, now I'm looking at the beginning of the book to see if she's written anything else. Is this her debut novel? I was just wondering that too. I think it might be her debut novel. I'm going to do, let's, wow. I'm going to do a quick Goodreads. She's got no, it looks like all of her other stuff is just, like, short stories and anthologies. Okay. So this is her first, like, indi- like solo novel. So I think she did a wonderful job. I think her writing was really good and really sophisticated. And just nice. really beautiful as well. Some of the, like, atmospheric descriptions were mm. spot on. Really, really good. Yes. Um, so overall, I gave this... Okay, so this is one of those books that... <laughs> that in- Initially, when I like right when I finished it, I was like four out of five, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. But the more I've sat with it and thought about it, the more it's gone Uh up in my esteem. Um, Interesting. Because because a lot of the book, I was so confused. But once, Mm -hmm. well, because it does something that I really actually appreciated. It doesn't over like it doesn't not even over explain. It doesn't. It kind of just drops you right into it where you don't no. really know anything and it just talks to you as if you do, which I actually really appreciated because it. I think sometimes the over-explaining of things, or not even over-explaining, but just like the basic explanations can sometimes feel clunky and not totally. flowy. So totally. I actually really appreciated that it didn't like okay, this is what this means. And, you know, this is how it all fits in. But that did have consequences where I was kind of like, wait, what? Like at the start of the book, Charm goes into her laboratory and then she's just like, and then I let the lady take over. And I was like, wait, what? Who's the lady? Wait, where's the lady coming from? I don't understand. Um, And you have to kind of slowly piece that together. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I, 
after now that it's all kind of come together, I almost want to do a reread sometime in the near future, knowing what I know now, so I can go and kind of pick up on all the details that I may have missed while I was trying to just understand what was going on. So sure. initially a four out of five, and I think it's kind of slowly creeping up to where it's now at like a 4.25 out of five, mm-hmm. maybe even a 4.5 out of five, just because I think that the nuance in this book was just so superb. I think she did an amazing yeah. job with all the nuance and the dealings with trauma and how that affects a person. I This is the first book I think that's been really reflective on trauma and mm-hmm. how one deals with that and how one survives totally. through that. Like it's totally a book that talks about survival after trauma mm-hmm. and but it's not like super upfront, like, oh, I'm so traumatized. It's like you just right. figure out that, oh, this is this is the result of a shit ton of trauma. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was beautiful and um a great gift. And I'm really glad oh. I enjoyed it so much. It was fantastic. Oh. It's really good. I'm so glad. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because I feel like I feel like you talk about it, even in just like your expressions and the way that you talk about it, you talk about it differently than some of your other four stars. Yeah. So I definitely see how it's kind of creeping up for you for sure. Yeah. Um, because you I really like talk about you, it. I feel like the only thing, like the only negative thing I have to say about it was like, I was a little mm-hmm. confused at first. Yeah, like that's the only thing. Like, I thought everything else was so well done. Whereas usually with my four stars, I'm like, I'm, you know, like, there's I have quite a few like a handful of critiques, even if I really mm-hmm. liked the book, whereas that's like my right. only critique is that like, I was confused, there was a lot going on. And it does have a lot of right. that's the biggest critique I've seen from other reviews is that it, it, mm-hmm. it, tr- it does try and do a lot. I thought it was successful mm-hmm. in doing a lot. Like there's a lot of different uh. elements. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it nailed every element it was trying to do. So yeah, I liked it a lot. I love that. I love that, and it reminds me. So my therapist specializes in like parts theory, which mm. I had never really heard of, and I think it's so interesting. But it reminded me a lot of the Bone Ghosts because he talks about how like we all have these different parts of ourselves and like how those parts can have their own thoughts and feelings and behaviors. It represents a different function of ourselves and like all to support, you know, like our survival. And so I thought that was so interesting when you were talking about that because like, yeah, in and of themselves, do they have worth or is it about their collective kind of, effort to support yes the, the main you know like the self yes quote. that is such it's a so good way of phrasing all of that that was just perfect and that I think really gets to the heart of what this book is trying to get into too that I've never heard of that parts theory that's I really like that. that's really cool in reflection of this book too it's yeah it's really cool like and he talks about how like you know all of those parts they all have a job to do they all serve a purpose they all have a function um so that's what it was reminding me of yes yeah I thought it was so interesting and and so like trauma informed like that is amazing and it's amazing how I could see how it would all like dance really well together like in that type of story where you do have a lot of these like horrifying vices and also these like 
parts that are, you know, like justice and desire and Mm -hmm. shame and like Mm -hmm. how they interact with some of like the deepest or yuckiest or the loneliest parts of people. Hardest parts. Yeah. Yeah. That is so fascinating. I love that. I did too. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend. It was a good, it was a great book. Really, really good. And I, if Sarah Mueller comes out with anything else, I will be reading it. Just so really good. And I love that it's a standalone too. Like it's really nice to have a, like, I feel like I've talked about this before, but it's kind of rare in fantasy to have a really good standalone. So I think it's a really good standalone, fully encapsulated story Mm -hmm. that gives you a lot in not a ton of pages. Mm -hmm. You don't have to slog through like a thousand different pages to get to the point of it. It's good. Succinct. Good. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Alyssa. It was a a great gift. (laughs) You're you're very welcome. (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) Um, Okay. Now tell us about what you read. For this week, I read The Raven Boys. (gasps) Okay. Yay. (laughs) By Maggie Steve Vodder. So good. Okay. So let's dive in. Blue is our main character, and she lives with her mother, her aunties, and her cousin. I consider them her aunties and her cousin because they're like her mom's best friends and one of their daughters. And now she lives with her actual auntie, her mom's sister, um, Neve. And all of them, except for Blue, are psychics. Blue and her aunt, Neve, are at what is called Corpse Row um, on St. Mark's Eve. And what this night is, is every year they go and keep watch over this row, um, which runs along what is called a ley line. And it's basically just a geographic kind of area that has a lot of paranormal energy and charge to it. And so every every year they go to this spot um, and wait for the future dead to walk through this gate. And so they kind of see in this process who will be dying in the coming year. Um, so it's it's kind of like their, their spirits, like time is kind of weird along these ley lines. And so they're able to see these spirits and kind of usher them along and kind of see who will be passing and kind of protect them as they go through the gate to kind of secure their fate. From the very beginning, Blue, it's been predicted by her mother, her aunties, um, and now her aunt, Neve, that she will fall in love, and now that she'll fall in love this year, and it had been predicted that she, whoever she kisses, if they're her true love, they will die. Oh, shit. I know. (laughs) Um, and that's been kind of, they've been kind of like telling her this all growing up. So even at a certain point, she was like, was that just to dissuade me or is that actually like legit? Is that legit? Yeah. <laughs> when Blue and Neve are at Corpse Row um, doing their their watch, um, Blue sees a spirit and usually she doesn't see spirits because she herself is not psychic. 
but she sees one this year and he looks like a kid and so blue approaches Ooh, him creepy yeah yeah he's like a teen i'm just an old lady so i'm like he's a kid <laughs> a child child a, a wee infant <laughs> and so she asks him you know what's your name and he says my name's gansey and she's like gansey that's all and he says yeah that's all so then she kind of ushers him along she's like okay and then after he kind of moves along neve her aunt is like you're going to fall in love with that boy. How old is Blue? She's 16. Okay. So she's yeah. also a child. <laughs> also a child. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, I'm going to fall in love this year with this boy who's destined to die because he's on this corpse row. Yikes. This is complicated. Shit. Also yeah. the fact that she's never met him before in real life. So right. she's like, I don't know who that even is. Right. Um, they get home and we learn that Blue is not a psychic like her aunties, her mom. Um, but she, just by being who she is, she amplifies whatever energy is around. So often her aunts or her mom will have her sit in when they do like psychic tellings and like readings um, because it helps them to better connect with the energy and to better read um, whatever the cards say and whatever they're getting from um, their clients. Switching gears. Oh, I guess one last thing. They all live, so they all live in the same house together. Uh, Blue, her mom, her mom's best friends now her aunt's living with them up in the attic and her like cousin and they Mm. operate their psychic business from their house so they have i always kind of pictured it as like a it's like a cute kind of like artistic cottagey type where like none of the dining room chairs match none of their mugs match you know it's just super cute and charming kitschy artistic yeah yeah with a bunch of weird little knickknacks everywhere and then they have a special room where they do like the the psychic readings and things and they operate their business from there switching gears we meet gansey he is very much alive (laughs) (laughs) for now (laughs) for now and Gansey is a raven boy what that means is when people talk about raven boys they're referring to students of this super posh all boys school called Aglionby so he's one of the students there Blue later calls Aglionby, um, a pre-Ivy League school. Okay, okay, okay. It's a super posh snobby. school, super snobby for all boys, and everyone that goes there pretty much, the vast, vast majority of everyone who goes there is super wealthy, whether mm. their parents are politicians or just have a ton of accumulated wealth, they're there. And so Gansey himself is on a treasure hunt of sorts. So he is on the search for Glendower, 
who is a king that was buried um, in an area really close to their town of Henrietta, who's buried along the same ley lines that Blue and her aunt were kind of watching over on St. Mark's Eve. So that same region, the ley lines in that area form kind of a triangle shape, and they know that Glendower, the king, is buried somewhere in that area. And it is said that whoever finds Glendower will be gifted one kind of special magical favor or whatever. Okay. So he's on the hunt for this buried king. Um, and he also has friends that are also on this mission with him. Um, Ronan, Adam, and Noah. So let's see... Yes, so they traced his location to right outside of their town, Henrietta. Um, And Gansey is definitely the ringleader of this group of boys. Um, He bought an old manufacturing, like, warehouse uh, called Monmouth Manufacturing and turned it into this, like, apartment building where himself, Noah, and um, their friend Ronan all live. So three of the four boys live in this Monmouth Manufacturing building. Um, Adam lives in a trailer park um, with his parents. He is going to Aglion beyond a partial scholarship, and then mm-hmm. he works to pay the rest. Um, he has been offered so many times to move into Monmouth Manufacturing, but doesn't want to. Um, and so after they kind of locate Glendower, they know he's in this specific region, they decide that since this matter kind of deals with special energy and paranormal forces, they're going to seek out the help of a psychic, which is how the boys formally meet Blue. That's kind of how they meet. And the whole book kind of becomes about them begrudgingly kind of working together to find this grave and other kind of chaos ensues. Um, So I'm kind of going to stop there. It's kind of this big treasure hunt, but there's a lot more to it. Um, So I actually gave this book a 4.5 out of 5 stars. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. I really loved it. I'll start by saying that this book was actually recommended to me a couple of years ago. And the person who recommended it to me told me that it was their guilty pleasure novel. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone who says that to me, like, you don't have to say more. Like a guilty pleasure <laughs> novel? Yes, I want to read yeah, it. Like, hell yeah. I was telling Kyle, it's like it's like reading somebody's secret. You know, it's right? like lovely. So yes. I was like, yes. Um But after reading the book, I was like, I do not see the guilty part of this pleasure. (laughs) You're like, why is it guilty? (laughs) It's just pleasurable. It's just pleasurable. It's just wonderful. And there's no, there's absolutely zero spice. There's not even a kiss because of Blue's potential death kiss. (laughs) Right. So if 
you're looking for a romanticy, which I feel like is kind of how it's how it's like marketed. sold and how yeah and how it's marketed and how it was communicated to me. This is not it. This it's there are romantic elements. It is a point of discussion throughout the book because Blue's like, well, who is my true love if it's supposed to be Gansy? But then she right. actually has a lot of chemistry with Adam. Oh, um, and they kind of have a smidge of a flirtationship, like you know, um, I don't know, like companion esque type. Yeah. situation going on yeah 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 um a little bit of that kind of bubble so mm-hmm. she's like who is it but then she's like but i can't kiss any of them but then she keeps how frustrating having... <laughs> i know she's like if i was anybody else i would have kissed like all these boys <laughs> <laughs> she's like i love them all yeah and and so it's it's hard because she keeps having these visions too where it's her and Gansey, but she keeps having all of this like connection with Adam. So it's, it is kind of an overarching like Mm. thing that's just kind of looming, but you don't actually really know where it's headed, even though you think, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say that romance is the most like potent subject matter or storyline throughout this book. Um, but this book is kind of more about friendship and like a lot of that kind of found family energy, which, yeah, I really liked it and I wasn't, yeah, yeah. So Blue accidentally, like there are a lot of really fun scenes. So Blue accidentally meets the boys without knowing who they are because it's before, their like psychic appointment um but she works um and picks up kind of odd shifts at a restaurant that's really close to the boys school and so she Mm -hmm. was working and she met them um because adam thought she was super cute and like wanted her phone number and so then he was too shy to ask and so gansey ended up asking her for him (laughs) um so it's it's just like a super fun scene when like she meets them but doesn't know who they are she doesn't recognize gansy and then they show up for their psychic appointment the next day and and she's like like, oh wait (laughs) gansy so it's kind of a whole a whole thing um and let's see does everyone so for the people who find you're gonna have to say the name again because okay. I the so when they find the, the the body of the guy what was the name of the guy oh Glendower Glendower so mm-hmm. when the people find the body of Glendower does everyone who was involved in finding him get a favor or is it just like one person do we know I think so the way that I remember is he chooses like I think it's like the leader so and the thing is that we'll find out later in the book which Mm -hmm. I guess is kind of like a light spoiler is that Gansey the reason why he's looking for Glendower specifically is because he when he was like nine ish years old he almost died um so he's like deathly allergic to like bee stings and wasp stings Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and when he was nine he stepped on a hornet's nest and they 
all started landing on him and he was like proclaimed dead. And so that, but he heard this kind of like voice that said, um, you know, you, you died before your time. And so somebody else is also dying before their time in order to keep you alive. So his life was kind of exchanged with another life in a way. And so we find out who that other life was. So that's kind of the mystery too. And then I suspect, though this was never confirmed, that Gansey was saying that he wanted to know who this Glendower was because how could he not after Glendower brought him back from the dead? But my suspicion was that he wanted to find Glendower so that he could give his life back and let that other person who was killed kind of come back to life. So Have their life back, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of my, my thought, my theory, even though he never says it. Um... But that's kind of what I was suspecting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, And then I know that, so there is a favor involved, but then also there's like, like endless wealth. And so for Adam, who was kind of born and raised out of this trailer park. Um, Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that Gansey was really wanting for Adam to be kind of the receiver of all of this extra wealth because Adam won't let Gansey or Ronan um, take care of him financially. Uh, He's, he's like, I don't want to be beholden to you and your money so he's very much like i'm gonna work for what i have and i'm not gonna get these like handouts right right Um, which is obviously not how ronan and gansy perceive it but that's because they have all the money to give so kind of different um but i i thought that this book was a really good example in a lot of ways of setting up for the whole series, but also telling a full story, like what you were talking yes. about. Yeah, because so I important. do, it's so important. I do feel like there were a lot of things where I was like, oh, what about that? Oh, wait, what about that? Oh, I guess they'll be probably talked about in future books, but it still did come full circle with the story at hand. Yes. Uh, yeah, which was great. I will say a couple of the things felt a little bit rushed at the end where I was like, wait, what? Huh? But <laughs> I, th- I think that overall it was it was kind of a complete story and we got closure in the ways that like we needed it and in the ways that mattered. Right. Um, and I think it was really interesting how, you know, like – Blue and Gansey are kind of faded according to all of these like premonitions, but they do their best to kind of stay away from each other. Like they really focus on building relationships and friendships with the other boys. Um, and Blue and Adam have way more chemistry. So I'm curious how that would play out in future books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it was really interesting. And then also, this book kind of surprised me because I was thinking that it was more of like that romanticy, but really I felt like 
each of these boys throughout the book became such distinct and lovely characters that like are just kind of nestled up in my heart now. Um, All of them. Yeah. So Adam, like I had mentioned, goes to Aglion beyond a partial scholarship. He's not wealthy by any means. Um, He has a horrible father who beats him and is just awful to him. So he comes Mm -hmm. to school or skips school because he has bruises on his face Mm -hmm. um, or things like that. So it's so, so upsetting. Um, But he's so brave. He's so brilliant, hardworking, stubborn, and has really strong values. And his thing with, you know, having extraordinarily wealthy friends is that he decides that, you know, when he moves out, it's going to be because it's a place that he wants to live, not because it's a place that's being offered to him. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be father's place and it's not going to be Gansey's place he's going to be his own person making his own choices and isn't going to be beholden to anyone because of money whether it's his family that doesn't have money or his friend who has all the money so I I thought his character was really beautiful and I loved seeing how blue who also doesn't have a ton of money um you know she has a single mom who works really fucking hard and is a psychic running her own business so they haven't always had a bunch of money um and i think seeing her connect with adam because he's the the whole group that isn't extraordinarily wealthy it was really beautiful to see her you know see him in that way and say like I don't care. Like, this isn't yeah. something that I see when I see you. Like, yeah. So I thought that was like a really beautiful component of their dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Ronan, who's like super angsty and is kind of like violent and abrasive t- towards his brother. And mm-hmm. um, like, they get in like physical fights, and he's got like a neck tattoo. Um, he's really lonely and he's grieving the loss of his father who was murdered outside their home. Um, so, but you see all these like really harsh sides of him that have like no boundaries, don't give a flying fuck about anything. But then he adopts a bird that he finds. Oh my God. And adores this bird with his entire being. Is so gentle and so sweet with her. Is always like feeding her and taking good care of her. He names her Chainsaw. Oh my God. I fucking love it. But it's so precious. He's just always snuggling with this sweet little bird. And she just adores him. It's so cute. Cute. Uh, it's precious it's precious and then you have noah who's like hiding in the background he's super neat and tidy he does his own thing but he's super quirky and quiet in his own way and is super loyal and then lastly there's gansey who is kind of a complex like character which i really enjoy in a lot of ways but i feel very similarly to like blue where he doesn't mean to and it's it's hard because like he has this awareness that he's being condescending because he has so much more than everybody around him but Mm. doesn't know how not to be condescending because Mm -hmm. it's still like 
who he is and where he comes from and the life that he mm-hmm. has and the resources he has perpetual access to. Right. Um, and so a lot of times he sees like the bottom dollar and is like, well, what's like, I got this, I got this, you know, like you don't have to worry about that, but it's like, no, but that's not I, the point. That's not yeah. the point. Exactly. Right. And so because especially in the case with, you know, Adam coming from such a harsh, harsh upbringing and home life, Gansy's like, I don't understand. Just move in with me. And he's like, that's because you own this fucking building. Like, right. I don't want to be beholden to anyone for better mm-hmm. and for worse. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see him say, like, I know I'm being condescending, but I don't know. Like, that's what everyone keeps telling me, but I don't know how not to be. Like, Right. Because in his head, he's being generous and kind and helpful, right. but, like, it's not – He's he can't – he has no conceptual understanding of what it's like to not have what he's had. Yeah, that's intriguing. That's a good dynamic. It is. Yeah, it's so interesting. It is so interesting. And it's like for him, and he didn't really start talking about this till the near the end, but just him feeling like he's beholden to them because he cares so much about them. Like he has so much empathy for Ronan, whose father was killed and like who he loves and mm-hmm. doesn't want to see Ronan failing. And he's like, trying so hard to push Ronan through these last couple of years of school because Ronan's on the brink of being, you know, kicked out and expelled. And then with mm-hmm. Adam, he's so determined to keep Adam afloat so that Adam doesn't get killed in his shitty home life. And yeah. so he's like, you know, they view themselves as being beholden to me for whatever reason, whether I'm the key to their academic success or I'm the key to, you know, them not getting killed. And he's like, I feel so beholden to them because I wouldn't be me without them. Like I love them. Right. So it's really kind of an interesting dependency they have on each other and well, it sounds like they – well, he has, like, the monetary value. Like, he sees all the value that they bring to his life. So he's like, how do I How do I even counterbalance? Like, how do I give – like, I have all the money, but, like, what they're giving me is so much more important. Like, how, like how can I – yeah. How can I give back to them in a meaningful way, you know? Right. And they're so preoccupied with the super shitty things that they're going through that, like – they don't see what they're bringing to Gansey or what they give to him. So it's really an interesting dynamic. And it was like getting to see these boys and like meet these boys with Blue as she begins to love and appreciate them was like so like amazing in addition to being just kind of a fly on the wall during just when the boys are spending time together. It was so Mm so fun and so rewarding in a lot of ways um and there's so many fun elements yeah it sounds like just hearing you talk about it it's like it does sound like like you're a part of the friend group now almost it sounds like you just like love them and I feel like that's so hard for an author to do especially with like so many main characters like that's four main characters that you're getting to know on such an in-depth level 
Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the times there's like, you have your main, main character, Blue, and then you have like right. the main boy and then like his sidekicks. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound like there's like a sidekick dynamic. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're all such an integral piece to the story and that they're all, <sighs> they all have like so much to bring to the table that you just fall in love with all of them. Like, I love it. Totally. I, I think that sounds super, um, super enjoyable to, to read about because it, it's yeah. a group dynamic, which I don't, I feel like you don't get a lot, you know? Totally. Totally. I completely agree. Like everyone has their own unique perspectives and everyone has such a rich backstory that is so yeah they sound so fleshed out yeah yeah that yeah it was and I could be wrong but judging by how this book ended and the title of the next book I have a feeling that the next book is primarily about Ronan so Mm. that's really interesting um Mm. and just I I think it really you're so right I think it really speaks to the author and how she fleshed out these characters that she's like no, all of these boys are worthy of their own story. Like all of yeah. these boys are just as deserving as the next. And like, they all deserve the spotlight in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Like mm-hmm. that was so, how beautiful to see like an author value all of her characters in that way. Like, oh, yeah. it was so good. I love that. So good. Oh, me too. And so, yeah, there were so many fun elements that kind of come with that. Like, the sleeping king with magical abilities is always like a fun, a fun thing. Um, the ley lines that magically alter the forest. Um, that's was really cool. Like time gets kind of weird along these ley lines. And so mm-hmm. when the boys in blue are walking kind of along them, they're walking through different seasons in the forest. Mm-hmm. So they're walking through and then they're walking through fall and it's like they're walking through these different seasons because the time is moving so differently and kind of fluidly mm-hmm. um the ghosts there are a lot of like there's there are ghosts so there's like a little bit of a ghost story situation going on nice. um, there's just basic things like human greed and pride um and like the psychics, the psychic energy with like their cool and ominous kind of premonitions and that kind of just like air of like mystery and intrigue was yeah. so much fun. Like one of when all the boys come in for their first psychic reading, um, one of them just looks at Ronan and they're trying to figure out, you know, if like they're legit psychics or if they're just like full of shit. And one of the psychics looks at Ronan and is like, your father was killed because of a secret and you know what that secret is. And just like, does it, and then he gets all pissed off and leaves. But they don't like (laughs) expand on, they don't really expand on it. So it's like all of these like things that are just so kind of mysterious and you know are going to come back in a meaningful way. Oh yeah, I love, see those are, those are really good breadcrumbs that where you know it's going to come back but it's not like super leaving you hanging where it's been like a main plot point the whole time along and then you don't get anything from it. That's, I I love that. Totally. Yeah. And that's what I said too. I was like breadcrumbs galore. There, it's so, there's 
so many of that, like so much of that throughout, you know, like Blue meeting Gansey and then her working at the restaurant and them coming in and you know that who they are and they're meeting and they don't know. It's just, it's so beautiful and it's just yeah. so scrumptious. Um, so there were a couple of plot twists that were really great. Um, the end of the book was an absolute cliffhanger. I'm not going to say like what what it is but one of the characters starts and this is like the last two sentences and they're like i guess now would be a good time to tell you and then they drop a bomb oh. and this is the last sentence and i was i literally looked at it and i was like <gasps> like i have to pick up the next book now <laughs> Yes, I was like, excuse me, where was this 200 pages ago? Um, <laughs> so it was really good. Um, and I think the only thing that I, I go back and forth, but I think the only thing that's like a major critique for me is the villain of the story. Like, I I liked I liked the idea of the villain and I liked who it was. Um, so, and this is like pretty early on in the book too, because we get little snippets of their perspective, but um, the villain is an Aglion B teacher um, mm. who teaches Latin, but he used to be an Aglion B student and was also on the hunt, similar to Gansey, was also on the hunt for ley lines. And he and his friend were seeking them out to find Glendower as well. But in an accident, um, his friend gets killed. And mm. he loses, the the teacher who is still living loses everything because he is accused of this, like, where this friend went like is he dead did he get killed and so he's trying to kind of clear his name and in the process his family loses their reputation they lose their fortune mm -hmm. they lose their all of their money he loses the super lavish lifestyle that he was accustomed to and that allowed him to be an Aglianbi student in the first place and so he is so bitter and so when he finds out that Gansey is looking for the same ley lines, it kind of wakes something up in him. Um, so I thought that was like a really cool backstory and it ties in really, really well with the other boys and, you know, the the mystery of the old friend that was killed. It And it's really, really cool how it happens. And again, it's just smattered with all of those like breadcrumbs. Um, but I wish that we had like a little bit more because we get a little snippet and we know he's also on the hunt for these ley lines. And then mm -hmm. he doesn't really, he comes in a little bit from Gansey's perspective when he's in his class, but then we don't really see him again until like the last 20% of the book. Um, mm. So I thought it was a really interesting perspective to be working with. And I loved how it touched on greed in ways that like the Raven boys didn't really deal with, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I wanted a little bit more, I think. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, my last, last piece of feedback was just, or my last comment was that, this wasn't what I was expecting from a book, like right. when I picked it up. Um, but it was so much better. It was so much more. It was Love just that. such a 
such a good full wild story that like yeah. totally captured me and not because of any like romance or titillating fact factor but just because these boys were so compelling and wonderful as they are and I loved like Blue and how she interacted with her mom and her aunts like they were just all so compelling and how they worked mm-hmm. together and how the stories kind of danced with each other was so compelling and beautiful all on its own um, that I just, I couldn't put it down. I loved it. How many yeah. books are in the series? I think four. Four. And it's like, it's completed. It's all done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So yeah. I'm guessing you'll be continuing on with the series. <laughs> totally. I, and my smug ass piece of shit self, I was looking for, because at first I was like, I should get hard covers. And so then I was looking at the different covers. Let me just tell you, wormholes abound. But I was looking <laughs> for a hardcover, but the hardcover yeah. was really similar to this cover. So I was like, well, I'm going to look for the UK cover. I looked yeah. for the UK cover. I liked it. And it's a little bit different than this one, but still kind of the same. But fucking Owl Crate had a 10th anniversary edition of all of the books in this series. Oh. However, they sold out of the first book. Oh, and no. Yes. And it's waitlisted. So, Fuck. and I don't know if they're going to come out with more. Let me tell you what. Because, like, it's the 10th anniversary, I think, was in December of 2022. And uh, so it's been a hot minute. There's no hope. I've searched on Etsy. I searched on eBay. I searched at like all of these different online retailers. Cannot for the fucking life of me find it. God and damn it. They, they have books two through four on Owl Crate in the special 10th edition. Like, but you style. can't, you just can't do that. I you know, can't do you it. Can't. I can't. Without the hope of the first one, I cannot do it. But it's by far the most beautiful version. So I'm like kind Who of pissed. Who bought book one in the special edition but didn't get the other ones? Like, you know that's how it had to happen because there's no yes. way that just the first one would be out. You know, they yes. had to have – someone out there who didn't like the first one enough to get the rest of them needs to put it up on eBay. Come on. Yes. Yes. And I saw these like – like reddit posts from people that are like please i just i don't care about the rest of this fucking owl crate box i just want the book god damn it yeah (laughs) and it it is dire it is dire but i i think i'll continue the hunt still because i wish you luck fingers crossed you. you should send me a link or like a picture of them so i can see them i will they're beautiful but yeah so that was my oh, yeah, and I actually. I mean, you. No, you go. You go. go. I was just, just going to say I'm so glad you enjoyed them so much because I had heard I've heard good good things about it too. So like that's so reassuring <sighs> that you enjoyed it so much as well. I'm I'm super intrigued on it now. I want to. I might pick it up at some point too. It's so good. Yeah, I wasn't expecting as much of like the paranormal ness of it, and I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, okay, I do have a would you rather. Okay, yay. Okay, so, would you rather either be the author of the next 
best-selling novel or be the main character in your favorite (gasps) novel. Yeah. Be the main character in my favorite novel. I want to be to whatever. (laughs) You know what? Fuck it. Yes, I would. Honestly, yes. he's got an exciting yes. life. God damn it. Absolutely, he does. I love that for you. Yeah, yes. me too. Back of all trades. <laughs> Good at everything. Amazing at sex. Fuck yeah, sign me up. I'll be him. <laughs> 100%. 100. Hit with the ladies. Fuck yes. Yep. He's got it all. Oh, he's got it all. He does. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. Um, what about you? What would you do? Would you? I think, oh man, I don't, pardon me. I think I would rather be an author, be the author of the next. I think so. I think so. Because I feel like writing is very intriguing to me, but I have no faith in my ability to finish something I start. (laughs) I think that if I had written a novel of any best selling or not, yeah. if I finish that fucking thing, like, I hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh reading or being a main character. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would ultimately <laughs> rather be reading. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye. laughs>